podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. All right. What's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name's Daniel. My name is Half Hope. We record this podcast every Tuesday, really. We record it on Mondays, but it is what it is. Oh, don't um, give it away, Daniel. Nobody knows. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Talking Tactics, Instagram Talking Tactics, Facebook Talking Tactics. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow. Give us a follow for to follow the podcast. If you want to help the podcast out monetarily, remember to hit us up or look us up on Patreon. Yes. Um, $3 a month, you get access to all of the back catalog that we've done. Yes. And yes. all that we will do. And yeah, if you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's yeah. free. Leave us a five-star Allegedly. review. And we will read it on the show. Now, we Four do star have... reviews are crap. This is going to be kind of like a house cleaning episode. So we do have a few reviews that we need to read from oh. around the world. This is from the United States, from Banjo Man, 1916-11. Um, whether you want measured, Strange. reasonable takes from the ever-intelligent Daniel, or the habitual line-stepping, whose man's is this hot takes of HH, you're in for a blast. This dynamic duo, and sometimes Carl, aka the most underrated podcaster of 2020, have the perfect balance of wit, analysis, and just straight-up quality. If this podcast were a player, it'd have stats and pass the eye test to back it up. <sighs> A world-class Ooh. podcast in every way. The Liverpool FC of podcasts from Cali with love. Oh, hey, shout out to thank Bedroom, you, man. Shout out to shout California, out, man. Thank you, man. Um, hey, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Another review from the United States by oh. Cliff Duba. Cliff W, maybe. American bias. Excellent yeah. podcast. I appreciate bias. the honesty from you guys. It mm-hmm. helps a new soccer fan from the United States, an old it's guy, football, by the way. get in tune with world soccer. You are opening up a new football. understanding of the sport. Being here in the U.S., the old days, weren't, we weren't exposed to soccer at all. It would be nice to break down soccer tactics football. and how you apply those tactics. Thanks for helping the old new guy out. Thank you. Thank you very much for, for a your five-star review. Tactics. But can you please use the word football, please? I am begging you. <laughs> the word soccer makes my brain melt. As I keep telling you, it was a British invention. They messed it up. I don't give a damn. It's co- I, don't, I don't care. It's about football. It's, it's called football. That's what I care about. It's called football. And for a podcast, like I was trying to say, for a podcast called Talking Tactics, we kind of don't talk about tactics. It just it's a it's a nice sounding title, I think. It's so, it's no we we talk about tactics in an ideological sense, yes. not in the kind of plain sense of oh for for no, it's tactics in the broader sense. You, you know, know what? I love that. That is exactly right. And lastly, from Norway, K Hey Is that legit Norwegian? Hey, just 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 carry on, carry on, carry on. Keep talking, keep talking, keep talking, keep talking. From K Triple M K. Insightful and funny. Great pod. The lads have their own opinions. They just don't summarize what the media has already told us. Thumbs up. And the thumbs up is like brown. Oh! So they have black people in Norway. Who knew? Oh, no, no, no. Do you know what I thought? He's white, but he was like, because I want to stand with my brothers, I'm going to make it a black thumbs up. Do you know what I think he is? I think he's Nigerian. Because Nigerians are everywhere. No. Yes. I th- I th- there is no place I th- on this think, planet that a Nigerian has not been. I think is why there are no Nigerians in Greenland or Alaska. Yes, there are. No, they're not. Yes, um, there are. He's, he's white. This, that, that dude is white. Which There's, means there are no Nigerians. Like, a Nigerian either Alaska, everywhere. the North Pole, the South Pole, or Greenland. There's got to be a Nigerian in Greenland. There, Nigerians no, there are isn't. in Russia. Do you know how big Russia is? 
I'm sure I'm just I saying, can, if it's about I can cold find, weather, I can find a Mongolian in Russian. So Russia is a big place, trust me. So that's that's not a big deal. They know Nigerians and Alaska or Greenland. See, we have proof, or at least something close to proof. Adaj says there are Nigerians in Alaska. By the way, there are. Oh. Do you know, like places like um, Fairbanks and Anchorage? There's no way that there's not Nigerians there. Ghanaians travel too, but not as much. I'm trying to think of just African people that you find. Just and trust me, the Ghanaian women are top notch, man. Shout out to Ghanaian women, man. Top notch, man. <laughs> I'm trying to like who has a broader diaspora than Nigerians. Well, Nigeria is the most populous African country, That's so what I'm based saying. on the numbers, so it makes sense. Um, maybe Egypt. You find the Egypt Egyptians a lot of places. Kenya, Kenyans leave a lot. Congolese, everybody leaves. Now that I think about it. Um, you want to start with football questions or not football questions? Football questions first. Okay. From BK Ariza one Sorry if I butchered your name. Do you think FIFA and UEFA should do more to stop greedy owners and executives that know nothing about football turning great clubs into banter clubs? Oh, yeah, yeah. If, if we enough. take maybe enough. Manchester United, for example. Glazers like people. Cronky. The, the, the Glazers don't know that much about football. Then they hire people, maybe like a Ed Woodward, who maybe knows a little bit about football, but for all intent and purpose, he's a money man. He doesn't have like a footballing vision, I would say. Mm-hmm. Should UEFA step in and be like, well, you need people with more footballing experience to steer the ship? No. That's what makes it fun, is that you are left to your own devices as to how you want this football club to be run. UEFA or FIFA shouldn't have to intervene and say, well, you're not a, a footballing person, so therefore you don't know. No, that is what, what makes it fun and interesting is that, okay, how is this club going to run with regards to who owns it, who's the footballing director? Which is why you look at a Bundesliga, what's called the 50 plus one rule and so forth, where nobody can have a majority share of or ownership of a club outside of the fans. The fans always have a good control of their clubs so therefore it can never go off of the rails so you always have to ask act in the best interest of the, of the fans that's just what they have in the bundesliga so it is interesting to look back and say okay so Arsenal, how did you get in this position Nested, how did you get in this position so from that point of view it is interesting just to see how these clubs are operating with who owns them and how they are run but i can take a step back and be like you know what that could be a good idea in terms of you're not really getting involved it's just sort of like hey this is football let us ensure that every single person that is involved in this sport are for the sport Kostan Kroenke doesn't give a damn about football he just gives a damn about are these guys profitable fine he would have kept no Venga decided to leave he didn't sack Venga <laughs> Venga decided to leave Venga was a great employee for Kroenke um, Glazers, do, do they look like they know how to spell football? So, <laughs> I think in that sense, it, it could be a, a good thing in just removing non-footballing people from football because what you're having is with every year, football is getting bigger, more profitable, more marketable. So, more and more of these rich owners and people are like, man, this is a great money-making enterprise. Maybe this could be a great enterprise to hide my taxes. All these kinds of different things. And that's what they're going to... There, there, there was a woman, Nina Bracewell-Smith and Danny Fisman. Okay, so these are these are two people that had stakes in Arsenal. Um, I guess from like their family had some ties to the club at like the very beginning. 
especially Bracewell Smith, I think, like, they had been around for some time. And her husband was, like, one of the people that got ownership in in Arsenal, I think, from, like, sometime near the beginning of the club. And Arsenal fans can correct me if I'm wrong. But she owned, I think, like, 16% of Arsenal. And then there was another person who owned a comparable amount. So there was, like, 32% of Arsenal on the table in, like, 2010, 2011. And Kroenke just bought them out. And then there was Usmanov or yeah, Usmanov. Usmanov, yeah. He was another one that had like a sizable percentage, but it wasn't majority or anything. So Kroenke bought his share. So now he owns 100% of the club. <laughs> so I would, I would think, just kind of going back to your kind of example about Germany, would be don't have somebody that can own 100% of a club. Like make sure you can only own maybe up to 40%, 50%. And then you have to at least deal with other people who might have more understanding about the sport as as a whole. Because now you've given Arsenal, which is the third biggest club in England, we can say, behind Manchester United and Liverpool. Mm. If we're talking global brands, maybe it's maybe still three. Yeah. Um, maybe Chelsea could rival it globally, I would but argue probably not. Because Arsenal is, Arsenal is bigger in Arsenal's, Africa. Yeah, Arsenal's big. So most you're giving that burden and task and responsibility to a person who can't even run a sport that he can understand in American football and basketball. Like his teams, I mean, they get lucky, I guess. Like the Rams oh, see, got lucky the and the Nuggets get, get lucky, but they haven't won championships. Is he, is he the owner of the Pittsburgh team or is that someone else? No, no, that's uh, Rooney, the Rooney's. Oh, okay. That's like a family. But Kroenke, he owned, or his group, Owns the Denver Nuggets, who haven't won a championship, I think, since the 1970s. The Los Angeles Rams, who I don't think have ever won. Oh, no, well, you know, they, the St. Louis Rams won in like the 2001 or something like that, mm-hmm. but they haven't won since. Um, and then they moved to L.A., which pissed off the people that were in St. Louis. And then he owns Arsenal, which has he won a trophy that's not called the FA Cup with Arsenal? I don't think so. Yeah. So you're giving your team... To that guy. And I would say football clubs have a different environment or they're a different, especially in Europe, they're a different, they, they mean something different, I would say, to to the city or just like the communities are kind of different than like American sports, I would say. Maybe you'll find some, like, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers might be a good example of like what it, what it means to Pittsburgh. But there's like, if, if you go to Los Angeles, for instance... Like, the Lakers mean something, but mm. so do the Dodgers. So do, you know, just all of the sports teams that are there. If you go to New York, of course the Knicks mean something, but so do the Giants or the Jets or mm. the New York Yankees or something like that. If you're, if you're from North London, how many things are there for you to attach to other than Arsenal or Spurs or whichever the other teams that are up there are? Like, there's really one thing, unless you're like a rugby fan and there's some rugby stuff that you don't, yeah, like, I don't but, know about. But, 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 England, but, but football, football is, is the national the sports. Is the national exactly. sports, man. So, it's a national sport. So I think that scarcity of things to attach yourself to makes owning a club like an Arsenal or like a Liverpool, Liverpool, it's crazy, um, or Manchester United, like that, that means something extra on top of what it might mean globally, just the local kind of politics or dynamics of it. And if you don't understand that, and you run them into the ground, I think that there should be some oversight. But who's going to tell a billionaire you're making mistakes? That's that's difficult. 
is it weird that like billionaires, their kids are always like somewhere in the mix? So like, even if we look at, you know, American politics, like the, the guy's the president, but like his kids are like everywhere. Yeah. Like, why don't you find somebody else other than your kids? The same thing with Crockett, you know, like his well, kids. Well, 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 as I say, who would you trust your money with? Your blood or some guy that, that you don't know? Family. It de- keep it, it close. It depends. Keep, keep it in the family. No, true. It, it depends, depends. But in most times, keep it in the family. <laughs> you would you would go first to your son than just an employee you've known for five years or six years. Mm, I don't know. In most cases, I'm saying in most cases. Some cases, your son may be a prick, but you know. <laughs> no, I would want an true. expert. I would want an expert. Like maybe you've made your son an expert. Like you've sent him to the best schools and whatnot. But give me somebody that has the experience. If if it's my son, you know, if he's qualified, or my daughter, if she's qualified, then fine. But, you know, it's just awkward, like, the amount of billionaires' kids that, like, get positions of power. So I think it's Josh Kroenke who comes out and gives speeches to Arsenal fans, like, yo, we're going to try to sign some players, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. It's like, who are you? Maybe you know football better than your dad? <laughs> what if the son is adopted? <laughs> <laughs> um. Hey, here we go. Why is Daniel a snob? Yes, finally, finally, a real question. What you what, are a snob. Define snob in the way that you understand it. You and basically you and Carl are both snobs. Okay. Um, why are you a snob? Um, I think that you know you're intelligent, and you know you've been to you have all these like you know you read all these books and stuff. Don't get and you and, and you hey, no, no. Let me speak. Let me speak, and you look down on pe- pe- people. For example, let me let's let's air out the dirty laundry right now. Let's air it out. Okay. So I remember there was a time when um, there was um, questions, and then I think um, Daniel Jones or Ortega, homeboy, who's I think is in the live chat, and then he said oh, he, wanted to, he wanted to ask this question. I think it was like a comparison question or something. You're like, oh, I don't want to answer that stuff, and I was like, wait, wait, wait. It's a question. Someone is asking you the question, why would you want to stand? You're, you're not, I'm not answering it because you are snobbish. Because you feel that. Because you are an... Inter- no, let me finish. Because you're an intellectual, because you're a writer and stuff, you are better than these um, common folk, these peasants, these peons. You are a filthy, stinking, snobbish individual. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Well, okay. It, you are no, no, but, but you are no, but you are snobbish. No, I, mean, I agree. No, snobbish. I agree. I haven't denied that I'm snobbish. I just want to know. What, I just want to understand what do you think by snobbish? I agree. I agree. I can have snobbish tendencies, which if you have enough of them, it can make you a snob. So, um, I'll say I'm particular with words and English, and that can come off as snobbish, is to a lot of people. So I I I understand the critique. No, no, it's not. No, it's not about words. You just you just a generous. See, but person, I don't think so. I don't think my personality though is snobby. When, when, I'm, when I, I'm when, a man of the people, as people know. I'm a, I'm a man of the people. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm snobbish, right down there with with the working class. Man. When, when when I think of snobbish, I think of like rich, aristocratic. Wouldn't talk to I don't know somebody who's poor or somebody who's de- destitute, and I am poor and destitute for all intent and purpose. So, <laughs> like it's just, but the where the snobbery comes from is just we're doing something that involves English, and that's my field. I am quite particular with like how do you ask a question? What are we talking about? Why are we talking about this for? What's the purpose? What's the meaning? 
on all of those kinds of questions, especially if you're not expecting to be asked or be rebuked, it's snobbish. So I get Wait, that part. I'm not arrogant, am I? Slightly. Explain. How am I? No, 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 no. How I am the least arrogant person I've ever met. You're the self-proclaimed greatest football analyst on the planet. I say that in jest. As in, character-wise, attitude-wise, personality-wise, do I come across as arrogant? No. I don't, I, mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like that pause. I don't like that pause. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, no, nobody calls themselves the GOAT. I said, and, and forget, arrogant. forget, no, I said, in terms of how I talk and how I operate, I don't come across as arrogant. I don't. Um, <laughs> I say those things in jest. It, I say it, it's just It depends on the subject. So, so there are times where you will defer to me because I think you understand, maybe Daniel has a better understanding of some that he read. But when we get into football conversations, normally I defer to you because I think you're on a higher level, maybe because you're older, maybe because you, you grew up with it more. I do think there's like an air of, I don't want to call it arrogance. I would just call it like confidence. Like I know what I'm talking about. And I don't find a problem with that. But I think some people could interpret like the confidence of your words as like, yo, this guy really thinks he's the like he knows what he's talking about. And then maybe then when you come out and say, I'm the greatest football analysis of all time, you sound kind of like Pep, where he's like, I destroyed football. It's like, that's the, one of the most arrogant things I've ever heard. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> so, yeah, I think confidence and arrogance, it's a thin line. So now if, if I, I ask agree. you, do you think you're confident with your football analysis or do you think you have a confident personality? In real life, I wouldn't call myself like a buoyant kind of fully confident kind of guy. I'm just sort of like, I just sort of blend in to the stuff. But when it comes to football, no, it's like, it's not, I just believe that I just know what I'm talking about. It's not an arrogance. It's just that an assuredness. Like I always use this, I always use this um, line man by Fife Dog Man. If I don't say I'm the best, tell me who the hell will. That is such a great saying. Because sometimes you need to just say, you know what? Yeah, I am good at this. Because if you just keep on saying, well, no, 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 then people just walk, walk, walk over you and do this. No, I see. Sometimes they're like, no, 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 I don't know what I'm talking about. And I do believe that when it comes to f- football in the most part, yeah, I, I know what I'm talking about. See? And people would interpret that as like an, a form of arrogance. Whereas well, yeah, you would well, think it's just, I'm just confident in well, what I those know. Well, those people that do are... So now we get into the territory where you're kind of proving the point. <laughs> like kick off people and be like, I'm not arrogant. Or I'm snobbish and he called people. I've never done that. <laughs> yes, you have. I'll, 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 I'll do a gut lock. I'll pull up the receipts. Next question. What's the next question? If we had a match of the current 11, all white players versus all non-white players, Why who will win? Why did you, we discuss this and you <laughs> really no, no, no. this question? I'm not going to, an- we're not going to answer the question. I'm, at, I'm just reading the question to ask, why would you ask us to do that? Yeah, that's my thing. That's for what reason? <laughs> is, isn't there enough racial tension as there is? You want to now, now add to it? Okay, this is another thing where I could get snobby. I don't want to make an 11, bro. Pratik Gupta. You make us the eleven. You give mm. us, you give us your non-melanated eleven and your melanated eleven, and then we will decide which one you think will, or which one we think would win from the options that you give us. But I'm not gonna sit down and be like, well, do we count Benzema as melanated or not melanated? Do we put, <laughs> do we put Zidane in the white team? Like, I'm not doing that with you. If Ancelotti does a Leicester this season, greatest manager of all time, 
So if Everton win the uh, league, no. And I don't think Everton doing a Leicester is possible. And then two MC Polo's point. I think he, he I think he goes there. Is it really doing a Leicester when they weren't in a relegation battle last season? They also oh, bought a yeah. whole new midfield and it's probably one of the best in England right now. They have a similar wage to Spurs, so not close to doing a Leicester. Like Leicester think, is a particular thing. I think unless I'm wrong, someone correct me, maybe someone do a fact check. I think Everton are one of the few clubs who've never been relegated. Yes. Yeah, because remember, Everton existed before Liverpool. So they're one of the oldest clubs in English history. So yeah, I don't think they've ever even been relegated before. So already, that's already proves that they're not a less city who have touched Division 1, Division 2, and so forth. So yeah, I mean, nah, nah, nah. Like, he would, it would be a great, it would be a very good achievement. It wouldn't be anything close to... Leicester City. Leicester City is a once-in-a-lifetime achievement. We're never seeing us ever again in our lifetime. The Premier League top six have veto voting power to block a purchase of any club. Is going to ruin football. Um, they would approve oh, yeah, owners they think won't challenge them. It's going to ruin the competition. So have you heard of this? Like, I, I know there's something going on with like 18 clubs in the Premier League or something weird. That's yeah. that's so. What's what's the proposal? And shout to to, to Nick's also helped to truncate this for us. Liverpool came up with the proposal, and this is initially to help the EFL clubs. Speaking to the mic, Liverpool Football Club, based <laughs> in Merseyside, said, "We're gonna do this freaking proposal to help those poor clubs in the in the English football league through this whole COVID crisis." By making it 18, um, reducing it from 20 teams to 18 teams, um, scrapping the Community Shield, scrapping the League Cup, and restructuring the way that the pay packets works within the Premier League in order to now um, push that money over to the EFL clubs. Sounds good. Sounds great. United have now agreed to this and so forth. Um, but the issue here is this, is that this now becomes a much more bigger issue because it's, you, you look at that, that looks good, but now they're now pushing for greater ownership of the league. So what they want is that for the top six clubs, they would then now have the power to change rulings. And specifically, if let's say a Newcastle or a Southampton are about to be bought by a billionaire owner, these six clubs can now have the power to veto that. So... It is a very elitist model that pretty much totally ignores the existence of the other clubs that are, that are within the, the league. Because as someone said, they said, and I can't remember who this individual was, but he said, why should Huddersfield have the same kind of voting power as Manchester United? Which is wild. Because if we're all in the same league and in the same competition, any rulings, every single person in that league should vote for for that. It makes no sense that only six clubs should have that kind of voting power because if you're saying that, then that dirty word that nobody wants to talk about, that everybody wants to ignore, props up again. And what's the word, kids? Super League. That's two words, but okay. So what's the two words, kids, that everyone hates to hear? Super League. I'm Actually, just trying Super to steer League into the snobbery, bro. I'm just trying to steer into it. If people already think it's it, snobbish bastard. It. Do you know what this is? The the way you describe it. Do you know about the U- United Nations Security Council? Is that the one that um, Bush said F you to with the Iraq war? 
I'm not sure what Bush did with him. Yes. And then some countries have a, a canal veto. Yes. But no, no. That is exactly what happened in 03 with the Iraq war. So all the UN said, no, no, no. No weapons of mass destruction. But America, because they have a veto power, they basically vetoed what the UN ruled. Mm, interesting. So, so, so then it was like, I was like, so what's the point in the UN if specific countries have a power to overrule a de- a, dem- a democratic ruling? Right. So, in in theory, every nation has like one vote. A proposal is given, and all countries. There's no difference between you know Mauritania and America in terms of like one vote, right? But then there's like the UN Security Council. And these are people with, like, nuclear weapons. So there's five countries that are always around. So the United States, France, UK, Russia, China. Those five don't leave the Security Council. Mm. And then they pick a rotating number of other countries. So it could be Brazil, could be South Africa, could be Australia, could be Japan. And those countries rotate. I think there's nine or eleven but they have a disproportionate amount of power on the United Nations to where they can do exactly what you just said. The whole world can vote like, yo, war is a bad idea. Don't do it. And they can just go, thanks, but no thanks. We're going to do what we're going to do anyway. And that is what it is. So now uh, the reason I've looked into this is because Nigeria and South Africa in particular have asked for like their own veto power or to be mm. added to the permanent members of the Security Council that Africa should be represented with you know its billion plus population it should have some countries um represented on that security council so when you say the top six will have their own kind of veto power or they will have you know greater power than those below than the 12 below i guess it kind of sounds like that the league could vote on something but manchester united is like meh thanks but we're gonna do our own thing anyway and they just go do it and there's nothing anybody can really do about it so I don't I don't like that idea. Like if if everybody's equal, if everybody's in the same league, then we should all be following the same rules. Like there shouldn't be a top 6 rule and a bottom 12 rule. Like that's not cool. And not to mention, as you say, Everton have never been relegated. They've always been in this league. You're going to say Manchester City deserves more power than Everton? How does that work historically? No, no, but but then um to play devil's advocate, someone would say that it's about money. It's about branding. What Right now in 2020, what's the bigger brand? Man City or Everton? It's Man City. Which is why this is the eventuality down the line is going to be a Super League. And I think we're already seeing the early seeds being planted, whether it's in five years, ten years or so forth, of a Super League being formed. Because what these clubs are realizing is, my gosh, we can earn so much more money if we we have or create an ecosystem where we have a greater share. Because right now, basically the ecosystem has been created by the Premier League, which means that those executives and those owners also get a sizable share. But if a Netflix or an Amazon who are already rich already say, guys, we can give you a greater share of the money, far more than what these Premier League guys are giving you. They're like, bro, let's, <laughs> let's write if we can make more money under an Amazon Prime umbrella rather than the umbrella of the, of the Premier League. It makes me think that they'll, they'll get their way yeah. in a sense. 
because the people have to revolt. If the people don't revolt, then yeah, of, of course they'll get they'll get their way. They'll get their way because they can always just use fine. We'll just go join Juventus, AC Milan, Inter, uh, Dortmund, PSG, Marseille, Bayern in the Super League. And then that will force the hand of like Madrid and Barcelona that, okay, we can't miss out on this, even though we might not need to. And then there you go. Like you have enough teams for a Super League. You just go get some, maybe some Ajax or a team. I don't think Ajax would do it actually, but maybe a Porto or Galatasaray or I don't know, Olympiacos, somebody that can get easily relegated probably. (laughs) (laughs) You just go do that and bang. You have your Super League, your 20 teams. It's just an every week Champions League. So do you want us to do that or are you willing to give us like special powers to where we'll stay? Fine. We'll just give you the special powers. They have the leverage. They They have the stronger bargaining power. Unless, unless, as you say, if the people decide we don't want this, then the clubs mm. will be forced to. Well, maybe in theory, anyway, the clubs but, might have to take a. But will the people on on mass be like, "Oh no, I will not watch my favorite club ever no. until they do it right"? because no. it's it's a drug. It's Go, a drug. Going back to Arsenal, they had hella protest movements <laughs> about <laughs> Wenger out. Uh, Cronky out. Didn't do anything. Don't don't go to didn't, the stadium. Didn't banners, nothing. planes, nothing. all of nothing. it. Nothing. And didn't people nothing. still went to the stadium. They, they, went, they went there fully, fully, hundred percent. It was sold out. The, the the only one I've seen work that I can that's in my brain, like at the front of it, was Liverpool. I think they were going to raise season tickets or away tickets or something like that. And I think in the sixteenth minute, six minute, sixty six minute, something, everybody just walked out. Or at least a, a large portion walked out, and that stopped the Liverpool ownership from doing something that they didn't want. So, like mass protests can work. I just don't think people would be willing to do it. Like you would need six club fan bases to say, "Ah, we don't really want more money for our club." To save, I don't know, Huddersfield. Does it really mean that much to you, or would you just rather see your club have enough money to buy another superstar? Sorry if this is late, but are you guys scared of AI and technology? Ooh, I love these questions. And why as black people, sh- oh god, you should not be? I don't get that. White people are creating the technology without including Uh-oh. us. And when the machines <laughs> rise, they'll leave us black people alone. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Yes, but let's get it, man. These are the questions I love, man. But okay, let's just that's the last part's his theory. Um, the first part are we scared of AI and technology? Uh, to an extent, it's inevitable. I am, I am curious, but also slightly fearful. Do you know, do, do you know this, this, do you know this boy right here? Shout out to my Japanese fam, man. Shout, shout out to my Japanese fam. You know, also called Sumimase. Hi, hi, hi. Okasa, Otasa. Now, this is Asimo. And this, when I saw this, this was years ago. Because me and my brothers were like, oh, snap. This is, this is the very beginning of cybernets and all these things that we've seen in movies. Of where you now have um, AI robots. Because that's the next big thing. Like, look at the leap that we've made from... Um, the iPod and the iPhone that was introduced in what's 05 or 06. There is because what you're going to have is for all of your public transports, 
automating systems and everything, even bars, they'll be run by robots because robots never get tired. They're always on time. They are far more consistent than human beings. And they, and you, you don't have to pay them a wage. <laughs> All you have to do is maintenance, you know? So maybe in 20, 50, 60, 70, 80 years time, a lot of these jobs are going to be run by these AI robots. And this is a fact. This is a fact. Because, again, this is, people, people say, oh, this is an argument for a, a god. It's like the kind of god of robots are human beings, of what we've created. And there is going to be a point that as the technology improves, certain robots will diverge out of or quote-unquote, evolve from the instructions and paradigms that the programmers have given them, thus artificial intelligence. And when you have that, that's when things are going to get real, real crazy. Now, we may probably be long and gone by then, probably, you know, but um, that that's the, that's the future, bro. Robots, man. Look, as I said again, if I saw an, an alien, I would shake I would, I would my pants, 100%. This is not a, a movie where, like, you see the, 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 the white guys run towards the aliens like that. Heck no. If I see an alien, I'm like, guys, this is a bloody alien. I'm not, I, I don't want to, nothing to do with an alien. <laughs> you know? So, well, apart from help them to destroy the world so I can, so I can be on their side. Apart from that. It's so, just cooning, bro. How's that? No, that's smart. <laughs> that's not cooning. That's smart. If an advanced race is coming. You think I'm I'm helping the, these bombers loser human beings? Heck no! Come I'm helping on, I'm, I'm helping the aliens. Yeah, the aliens would be like, oh, he's like Candace Owens. <laughs> no, no, the <laughs> aliens would be like, this is a smart creature. These dumb creatures think that they, they, they can destroy us. These trumpolites and so forth think they can destroy us. But they, here he's a smart guy. Who knows that we are this? We are the more advanced, better race. Let's ride. Yeah, I don't agree. Um, so, are you with or or, or against um, and robotic AI? I don't think you can be with or against it. It's just, it is what it is. It's going to happen whether you like it or not. The The thing I, I'm curious about, will the society, by the time these things are fully saturated into the society, will we have reached a point where they're comfortable, especially in places like America, where they're comfortable having people not do anything? So right now there's an assumption that if you're poor, if you're not doing anything, it's because it's it's your own fault, right? You're not working hard enough. You haven't done X, Y, Z in order to reach, you know, the American dream. Like you're, something you're doing is messing up. If you have a population that's like 70% unemployed, but you have robots that can do just regular tasks, in theory, that leaves more time for people to be creative. Mm-hmm. So that leaves time for you to, you know, do things in the arts or write books or write poetry, do create music, go out for walks, spend more time with your family, um, you know, research, just enjoy your life, essentially. Mm. But right now, that's not really what a government wants you to do. The government wants you to be a worker. So I wonder if these things hit, will there be a switch in people's mentality that we don't need to work five days a week? You don't have to pay X amount in taxes. So what are the ramifications from a societal standpoint, meaning that, you know, we can just have more leisure? And in that, I think that could be a good thing. What are jobs that you'll always kind of need? Like you wouldn't want an AI lawyer, would you? Or an AI doctor, like a robot doctor? I mean, maybe you would. I mean, 
<laughs> so but then it's because we're. I mean, it's, but, but, but think about it. If you could download every court case into like yeah. a computer chip, maybe you wouldn't no, no, want but, the, but, the but robot. But you, you need the human intuition to because it's all about interpretation. It's not just about knowing the law. It's about interpreting. Somebody, yeah, somebody law. could be lying. So yeah. So but but see, my thing about it is like, like all these jobs, like you know, the garbage men, cleaners, and stuff. Robots can easily do do that. So what jobs will be created for all those guys? on the working class if robots can do all those jobs my problem is don't make them look human I don't like that so like this thing on the screen right now (laughs) chill with that like make it look like the one before like you're clearly a robot you're not human what about this though what about this though let me let let me give this you know how men complain about you know this woman she has too much that's the the reason why they look like this that's yeah. the, because nerds are making it and they're trying to make yeah. robo- so, hot robots come on, that they what can if smash. You can sell a sexy lady who does everything well, doesn't complain, doesn't have any of this attitude and everything, and she's your perfect, perfect. You can input what personality wants for this girl. That's, that's a great weird. sell. That's weird. It's a great sell. Be imaginative, man. It's Where's your lame. imagination? No, that's Where's lame. your imagination? You should be able to have enough game to get the woman that you want. So you're so you're against Men being allowed to just create their perfect chip. Yes, that's weird. Oh my god, where is your where is your imagination, man? Wait, what do you do mean you an imagination? Any, like, do you watch any sci-fi movies? You see, that's why this why I've got to recommend more sci-fi movies to you, man. You have no imagination. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you're a you're a book geek ned, freaking uni merchant, man. But bro, you need to watch more sci-fi movies, man. Bro, that is that's terrible. That's sad. So, yo, I I want a woman that does exactly what I want it to do. That's just so okay. So what if that's trash? Okay, what if you're a guy who you're lucky with girls, you're a virgin, you just can't hit it with girls and everything. You want to deny these guys the chance to create their own. I'm not denying them anything. Like they deny themselves. (laughs) No, but what if for whatever reason they can't get any of these chicks? They're virgins. They can't hit it off. All that kind of stuff. You are saying that they should be denied having access to a female robot that is perfectly catered to their needs. Come on, bro. I think that's I think that's trash. I think that idea is trash. Yes. It's going to happen by the way, so. But that's the only reason why these things look human. Because men are creating them to be hopefully attractive enough to smash because they're lames and herbs, dweebs, whatever word you want to use. Damn. I do want to see. I I do want to live in a world with air just for a laugh because I've watched so many sci-fi movies on it. I want to. I want to see a world with robots and machines. Pause. Would you buy a robot? Would you buy a female robot? It depends where I was in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so it really, it really depends on where they were in my life. So say so yeah, it depends where I was in my life. You know. So nah, so so as of right now, no, because that would be slightly scary. You know, because again, like I don't want my penis to be caught open by machinery and cogs and screws and all that kind of stuff but who knows where i'll be if i'm around in 10 15 years i don't know you know that's just weird how much do you want to bet guys that in 15 in 20 years you'll see daniel happily married to <laughs> sophie 116 b-4 and i said daniel remember 15 years ago talking to us, when you said you never do i don't like hey man you know look one look man what is this <laughs> Time's changed, dog. Time's <laughs> changed, dog. Oh, my God. That's how it's changed, baby. Oh, man. No, that will never happen. I can promise you that. Yeah, right. Like, isn't there more honor in being alone by yourself than actually purchasing a robot? When when, when I'm at the wedding, I'll remember this corner. I'll be like, 
Oh yeah. Um, Sophie B dash one one seven. Remember your your husband to be said that he. Imagine never imagine having a full <laughs> wedding with a robot. Chill, man. <laughs> Yo, I'm getting married it's, to my to my piece of metal. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Getting married to a piece of metal. Nah. You, that is so robotist, man. That is so robotist. <laughs> robotist. Yeah. That's that, that a robotist, man. That is prejudice, man. You, you don't, so you, you're calling your wife Just, a piece of metal. No, make them look like the one before. Just the, the, the pursuit to make it look human is just odd. All, all I say is that open your mind, stop hating. So well, the, isn't, isn't part of the satisfaction of having a companion that you had to kind of work for it a bit. The idea that like, yo, I was kind of nervous before I talked to her and, you know, we did hit it off or, you know, she didn't like me at first, but then, but, you know, I said X, Y, Z, she did this, I did that. And we just kind of came together rather than you go on eBay and you just kind of look, (laughs) I kind of like that one. I don't like this one. I like that one. And then you just click purchase and then they mail it to your house in a box. You plug it in, you charge it up and think, okay, Daniel, this is a big world. It's a huge world. Not everybody has had that experience of going out on a date, this, that, and things happen to one thing. You know, again, my trick was always giving the back massage. That was always my, my always my, my back. You know, you know, it's it's it, it worked. I think it worked. I think one time it didn't work, but most of the times it worked. I always did the back massage, and then you know, one thing led, led to another. But for guys who. <laughs> I'm actually a damn good masseuse, but trust me, I'm a damn good masseuse. So, but for guys who, for some reason, they didn't have that kind of experience, for whatever it is, and we can't hate on them because for some guys, they just didn't know, and they've tried. I think we tried. I think we can't hate on them, but okay. You see, that is just being snob because (laughs) this is a big world. It's a big, huge, massive, wide world, and we have to respect how. There are not everybody's the same. And not everybody has the same ex- experiences. From Daniel Jones Ortega says, what advice would you give about people dealing with uni stress? It depends on what kind of stress. If it's classwork, you just gotta put your head down and get through it. Just read 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 your read the books you're supposed to read, go to the lectures, go to the go to your labs. Um, just do what you have to do in terms of just the basic schoolwork. If it's stress in terms of like dealing with people, I don't know because I never really had stress in dealing with people. Just find stuff that's like relaxing to you, I guess. Find the time to do your work, but then also find time to wind down, you know, watch a movie, watch games, get a girlfriend. Well, actually, don't do that. That's actually not smart in university. Mm. Especially especially (laughs) if she's in the same class. Um, uh, yeah. So what's it called? My advice is, you see, uni, it's a very, very big change from primary, secondary school, high school, and so forth, because so much of the responsibility is on you. Nobody's going to wake you up. Nobody's going to chastise you for not going to, to lectures. And nobody's going to not tell you your work routine. You're going to have to take down notes yourself of those classes. You're going to have to decide which classes to go to, which ones not to go to. Mm. And you are given far more agency of how you're going to operate from year to year. So the thing about it is just manage your routine because you don't really have to stress yourself out really. You know, you, you will only be stressed if you want to be stressed because the whole point of university is you have freedom. 
because you're you're so more, you're so independent of how you you operate because uni is just it's just there, bro. Lectures at this time, either you go or you or you or you don't go. Do you know what's interesting though? When I was in college, I didn't I never had the work. So if you have a job on top of the schoolwork and managing like the, your personal life, I could I could understand how that would be stressful, and I I wouldn't know how to deal with that. Like on top of like schoolwork, personal life plus job. That's something that I know a lot of people had to deal with, and it, it burns you out after a while, especially like three, four years of it. So I, I don't have any advice for that. But I, I suppose the easy answer would just, again, I, and I think have hope is hits, hits the point. Find a schedule, stick to it as, as, as well as you can, and just knowing what you're going to do the next day and the day after will alleviate some form of stress in terms of I don't know what I'm going to do. Like if you always know what you're going to do or where you're going to be, there's less stress attached with that. Also, big thing as well, and this is Sleep. how. Also, this is how I messed up. If you can, so learn from somebody who messed up. Make use of all the extracurricular stuff around you. I was a brick. I was because first of all, I didn't want to. I wanted to end. I wanted to end school at secondary school. So people said, "No, go to uni." So for me, uni, I just, I, I breezed through. I didn't do any of the extra stuff, and I just went up. But now, in my older years, my like, man. So the societies the extra programs and stuff that is out there make good use of them because trust me you actually probably find it to be beneficial um for you in the in the future man so really make really good use of just what universe is about which is about you know meeting new people experiencing societies and on stuff and things like that you know so also read books man read read stuff that's not course related that's that's a mistake i made i think then mm. I only read like what I was supposed to read, but I didn't read other things. I think people that do read more than just like one type of thing, they have like an advantage, especially when it comes to like tests and other stuff, because they just have more information that they can spit out. So actually, someone reminded us that we should talk about, we've got to talk about FIFA. I was going to bring it up. I was getting there. The clips I've seen, man, what? I don't, I'm not excited about this one. The best FIFA game was FIFA 98. Facts. Okay, hipster. Um, old man now i can't remember there was one fifa that that's i think was the first fifa to introduce pro pro clubs granddad hope um <laughs> i don't, I don't, I don't look, I'm, I'm ignoring all, all, all of your insults <laughs> fifa 98 best fifa that's the facts fifa do you realize you're gonna always... get gray hair soon no i'm not i'll, I'll never get gray hair <laughs> i'm i'm younger that man i'm i'm a i'm a honk of sexiness yo oh, pause, of sexiness. Pause. just just don't don't forget your FIFA point. But I when will, you, but... when when you get gray hair, are you going to dye it black or are you going to leave it? You know, gray hair has a bit of satiness to it. You know, see, I'm normally going to be bald, but you know what? Yeah, I'll. Well, I'll, no, it's like I'll your beard, it. your beard, and all that kind of stuff. I'll keep it. I'll I'll keep the green because see, that's just that's just cheating. If my hair starts going gray, I'm just going to rock it. That way, by the time I'm, you know, in my fifties and sixties, I'll be cool with it. Because trust me, gray, you can make gray hair look cool. Yeah, gray hair can actually look look really really cool. But you know those people who are like eighty and they still have jet black hair. You're just like, okay, come on, man. It's like you know Martin Scorsese. Yeah. How are your eyebrows still black? <laughs> You're like 70, 80 years old, and your eyebrows are jet black. Give me a break, bro. Give me a break. But See, no, so- FIFA. You said pro the 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 FIFA with pro clubs was pretty good. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. See, the thing with with FIFA is that guys, you have to understand FIFA and Pro. FIFA is made by EA Sports. Pro is made by Konami. EA Sports 
are literally the definition of a corporation that only care about profits. Konami, they take a pride in making a video game and making it properly. ES Portland, we have the FIFA license. We have the connection with all of the biggest stars and so forth. So do you really think they care about making the best possible game gameplay-wise? No. All they care about is that we're just going to put out the same, pretty much the same thing every year. Just update the players and the teams. Keep the gameplay fun and arcadey and just shove it out there. Because trust me, they make their money through those cards because of those dumbass rich kids who buy those flipping ultimate team cards and so forth. That's how they make their money. FIFA for me, it's not a football game. It's it's a arcade video game exercise which I'm which I have no time for. So because that's why that's like I'm looking at it this year and I'm just like it doesn't feel like football. It's not it's not it's not football. It's an arcade. It's not football. Yeah, it's, it's like not... I've I've seen people play on like legendary and stuff and like just the the skill moves that the computer does, it's like a player would never do that in real life. But the computer's just doing it just to make the game harder. And that's the only way it knows how to make the game harder, just by doing like skill moves and tricks and flicks and things. Um, that being said, I think there's just something about the way it looks that I don't gravitate towards. Oh, yeah, I, know. I get it. You see, Pro does not look as good as FIFA. So because me and my brother, we grew up with Pro, well, it's normal. Well, really, ISS, because we, we began with ISS on the N64, which then transitioned to, to Pro. We look past the, oh, it doesn't have the gloss and everything. And no, just pick up the game and play it. If you combine the two, if you gave me like the presentation of FIFA with the gameplay of Pro That's the perfect game. It's the, yeah, it's perfect. It's the perfect game. But FIFA has the, the look, the aesthetic of like, yo, this is like a premium product. Pro Evo, you look at the gameplay and you're like, that looks far more like football than what FIFA is. Mm. But it's just, there's just something no, about it. That my just, thing is that it's just, just go to YouTube and just watch the matches. Watch a Pro Evo match and watch a FIFA match. When you watch a FIFA match, it's like you're watching a video game. When you watch a Pro Evo match, it's like, wow, you're actually watching a real football match. It is always going to outsell Pro and it will always sell well. FIFA, it will always sell because look, when, you, when you've got freaking Mbappe posting on his Instagram, I've got the, the first call copy every kid child and everybody's gonna rush to to buy the, the game so why should they be wasting time on making it the best possible game just shove out some this the same thing put a few bells and whistles there and put it out there and people just chew it up <laughs> because it's so stupid it's like you're pretty much buying the same damn thing for 40 pounds or 50 dollars now every single year and now with the ps5 and xbox series q it's not going to be what 60 70 dollars man Got it here, man. Next question. Um, what is the most supernatural thing that's ever happened to you? I, I, I do feel that whenever I have deja vu, it is. I feel it's supernatural. Okay, let's let's go this way. Have you ever seen a ghost or an alien? Oh my god, heck, hell no. Have you ever been healed by a miracle, like the Holy Ghost or something like that? No. Have you seen a spirit? Depends. <laughs> because because for for me i felt that what I've, I, ronaldo I think... did in in o2 in that final was spiritual <laughs> trust me trust me i thought i thought that was like spiritual i think i've seen people who believe they've been affected supernaturally so i guess that kind of counts so like when you i don't know what kind of church you went to when you were a kid 
but the church I went to, people would like get their hands laid on them and they would fall out like in the spirit, in the Holy Ghost. Like, so the, the preacher, the evangelist would come through the church and he'd say his sermon and then he'd like come up if you want the anointing of God and then they'd lay the hands on the people and then the people would fall over. As a kid, I'm sorry to say it, but I would like kind of fake getting laid out in the spirit. I know it's bad, but I would. Like the the preacher would touch me and I'd fall backwards like I like something happened to me. <laughs> Look, my life is, is, is um, that for me. I just want to imitate that stuff because <laughs> you know, like like I just because for, but, for people who are into that, like let me just not. Yeah, that. but I, I I suppose I can't speak to if it's real or fake for anybody. I know I was faking it when I was like you know seven, eight, nine, ten, but yeah. I've I I've never seen a spirit or a ghost or something like that. So well, no, no, but my uncle told me some frightening stories of like pre-colonial days in in Nigeria, like people who he, he knew were were dead but rose from the dead. Some stuff in the cemeteries. I don't know. I was like, me and my brother were like, okay, <laughs> this is getting very scary. So what was was there a final question? Yeah, well, it was more like a topic. Oh God, well, what what is it? Rashford, what? He re- Marcus Rashford, he received a member of the British Order. Ugh. So an MBE or a member. He's now a member of the British Empire. Um, what the, for what the, what for the his work for his oh, work um, feeding kids, feeding children, right? And I said, why would you want to join an empire that created the situation for your work anyway? Marcus Rashford is feeding kids that should otherwise be fed in a society that cares about its people, mm. but they aren't. So he's doing it for the government, and now the government wants to reward him with a member mm-hmm. or a little bronze star, or whatever. So you know the the Chris Rock, not Chris Rock, the the Rush Hour clip with Chris Tucker at the end of Rush Hour, where he's like, I don't know what to say. It's it's like a dream come true. <laughs> I got an idea though. I got an idea. Why don't y'all? Take that badge and shove it up your ass. All up in your ass. <laughs> no, 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 but no, 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 it is. And not. I posted they... that clip, and I think people, they got a bit like, like even forward, he kind of called me out. He's like, yo, like, he, he'll have a meeting with Boris and the Queen now. And he'll oh, be able who to gives do more a work. damn, man? Who'd... Bor- Look, do you, want me, should, do you want me to be real? How real do you want me to get? Holyfield. Okay. If Rashford walks in there with the Queen and Boris, the Queen be like, eh, that's it. But seriously, the Queen be like, what is this young Nick monkey doing here? 100%. <laughs> Under her breath, the Queen is that. Why am I listening to this Negro up in here? I don't give a damn what this little black kid. Back in my day, you were you were a slave or you were nothing. So you think that because you, you kick people around, I should give a damn what the heck is coming out, out of your mouth? Heck no. This is England. Okay, this is the most elitist, classist nation on the planet. So, Rashford, you having meetings with anyone don't mean crap. You think because you, you, you kick a, a ball around, these posh, snobbish, upper-class people give a crap about you? Heck no. So, look, Rashford, it's a good thing what you've done. It's very great. That's it. Don't be, don't be involved with any of these losers who are just a bunch of upper class racist pieces of crap so you know that's more yeah i don't i don't agree with and obviously he's 22 i think he'll be 23 later this month so like obviously he's not the finished article but i'd love to talk to him and be like 
why would you accept this? Any actually any black person that accepts like an MBE, OBE, sir, who's a black sir? Is there one? Um, can you think of one off the top of your nope. head? I'm sure there is. One. I can't think of one. I mean, I'm sure there's one, but I can't think of one off the top of my head. Why would you want to be a part of something that? Well, you get to fly you're, you're, on first class for free. You get to fly first class for free. We've already established that you will sell out, so it's okay. But <laughs> on, that's harsh. On, don't, 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 don't promote that crap. Come on, come on. <laughs> on two occasions, if you know what the British Empire means, why would you want to be a part of that? It's an order of chivalry, rewarding contributions to the arts, sciences, work with charitable and welfare organizations. So that's where Rashford comes in, and public service outside the civil service. It was established on June fourth, nineteen seventeen, by King George V and comprises five classes across both civil and military divisions, the most senior two of which make the recipient either a knight, if male, or dame, if female. There is also the related British Empire Medal, whose recipients are affiliated with, but not members of the order. MBE is like the lowest. So there's MBE, OBE, CBE, KBE, GBE. So member, officer, commander, knight, commander, knight, grand cross. I don't agree with this. I'm not, not uh, like, bro. If let's say I created a new Kyle charity and I said, "Oh, would you want?" Like, it would actually give me pride in rejecting the the Sunday Times published a list of people who rejected the order, including David Bowie, oh, John Cleese, oh, Nigella Lawson, Elgar Howarth, L. S. Lowry, George Melly, J. G. Ballard. I know John Cleese has actually been quite outspoken against the, the monarchy and stuff. Benjamin Zephaniah, a British Jamaican poet, publicly rejected appointment as an officer in 2003 because he asserted it reminded him of thousands of years of brutality. He also said that it reminds me of how my foremothers were raped and my forefathers brutalized. Shout out British to Empire, Zephaniah, man. bro. Because that's kind of where baby. it comes from. Just my trepidation with like, why would you want to be a part of something that... One, the reason your name is Marcus Rashford... Is because there's an empire that went around and colonized. I'm assuming Rasper's Jamaican, but um, colonized your people. Like Rasper's not your real last name. That's slave master's name, Rasper. Then when you, it's like they put poor people in a situation. Then when one of the poor people somehow finds their way out, mm. and they become a star footballer and they have money, it's then their burden to feed the kids. Shouldn't you be doing that for me? And instead of giving me an award, why don't you just put food it's, it's in their mouth? It's all mind control. It's all mind control. Put food I mean, in their mouth. Don't give me an award. It's mind control. People will always eat it up. The minority will eat it up. Is that why? Is this why does? Trust me, I'm, a monarchy existing is fine because you have monarchies in several countries. But why is a monarchy given such importance in England? You poor people. Do you think that this monarchy guys care about you? You're paying taxes for what? Book and parlors just to look pretty. Rashford isn't Jamaican. Ah, St. Kitts. So he's Kittian. This is one of the ones where there's no amount of money you could give me to join that. Pay me a trillion. There is no amount of cash on the planet that could they could give me to make me come anywhere near taking up that trash knighthood. Knowing the, the history <laughs> of it, man. Get the Sir f- Sir have hope. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. No. And, and, and imagine you got to get on your knee and the queen puts the sword over oh, your shoulder. Oh, nah, nah. You see, <laughs> like literally, that's, knowing that is literally the most, that's the most impossible thing that could happen on the planet. Me kneeling 
before it's impossible it could never happen like literally even my soul wouldn't do that <laughs> my shadow wouldn't even do that heck no that would never happen kneel to the queen are you sick heck out of here man like if, if you met the queen do you think you'd talk like a certain way or would you just no like, hey what's up <laughs> no, no. I'll be like, yo, yo, Liz, man, give me, give me, cut a check, man. I, I know you're rich. Cut the check, Liz. What up, baby? You know what you should ask for back? I've been doing a lot of because of the SARS thing. That's give been me happening. those bronze. Give us back our bronze statues. I was just about to mention those, the Benin bronzes. Just because of the thing that's been going on with SARS in Nigeria, I've been doing like just a lot of history, basically, of like Nigeria. Did you know Nigeria was? Guess who came up with the word Nigeria? Probably England, British Empire. Do you want to know who? Who? So you don't know. Cool. Do you remember Frederick Ludgard? Do you remember this guy? Oh, that name sounds familiar. The guy that sort of was it the guy that sort of separated. Yes, he. Well, he the was the guy that amalgamated north and west into one yeah, country yeah, 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 and drew yeah. the lines. He had a wife named Lady Ludgard, and she was a journalist and a writer, hmm. and she wrote what I think might still be, at least in a European context the definitive or preeminent book on the history of um, what we understand today as Nigeria before the white people came. So she went around to like to different tribes and chiefdoms and Mm. just asked people, so what was it like here before white people showed up? And Mm. that book is out now. It's something, something I think they were even calling it like Western Sudan before mm. it was Nigeria. So she decided Western Sudan doesn't make sense. Like it's it's too it can be conflated too easily with Sudan in the east. So we need a new name. So what do we name it? Well, we have the Niger River. So why don't we just name it Nigeria? Like Liberia or Siberia or whatever it is. They just like put an IA on the end of stuff. So there you go. A white woman, Lady Ludgard, the wife of Frederick Ludgard the governor of Nigeria in like the early 1900s, she named Nigeria. And I think what's it called? Ghana is like Portuguese for like, is that like a Portuguese fruit or something? I don't, I don't know about that. So yeah, I know it was Gold Coast at one point. I'm pretty sure there's no way Kwame Nkrumah would have kept a name that was Portuguese after independence. (sighs) You see, again, I will not reveal my government name, but I did have, I was given an English name in school, but right now, I'm no longer known by that. I'm known by my true Nigerian name. So I, my slave name was distinguished, man. All right, my slave name was because remember people say, oh, but that's that's such a lovely name. Yes, it is, isn't it? Isn't it? But if I give my Nigerian name, it isn't so lovely, is it? So for instance, like I know Burkina Faso was named Upper Volta by the Portuguese, hmm. but then Sankara came into power and he changed the name from Upper Volta to Burkina Faso, which means land of the upright man. So I'm pretty sure there's no way Kwame Nkrumah would have left some Europeanized name when they get independence, I think, in 1957. Don't quote me on that. Um, I'm quoting you. <laughs> they were the first. So, But there's no way. The British called it Gold Coast. Somebody who's Ghanaian in the comments can, can help me out on that. But yeah, Ghana must be an indigenous name of some, some distinction. Shout so there's no way it's some Portuguese something. You oh. you you represent a creation by a white woman and a white man. And that wild. Look, man. <laughs> I, you know when people ask me, 
I come from, let's see, even look at my Twitter, I come from planet Earth. Because, again, this is for a bigger um, discussion, like, why do we what, even have countries? What You see, what they what, can't what, take what away countries and what, what, isn't, countries what isn't European is the tribal distinction. So Nigeria is created by Europeans, but mm. Yoruba people aren't. Hausa people aren't. Fulani people aren't. Igbo people aren't. So that mm. is more, I guess, it's, it's a better identification for a person, although that creates its own issues given the kind of nation state predicament that Africa has at the moment. But yeah, the countries aren't necessarily too important, although people, maybe it's it's wiser to, to try to make it so. So you don't you don't have to be from Earth. You could just be where your father's from, or where Edo, your mother's from. Edo, Edo states, man. I'm on I'm on, I'm on Edo boy. So that's what that's where the Benin bronzes are from, no? Yeah, yeah, no, 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 like that region. Well, what's it called? We had in our house. We had all these bronze statues all the way in our house. That's we used to get from Benin, from my dad's village. So interesting. So um, I, if you look on the the website of like the Benin bronzes. There's like a lot. Pull it up, actually. Could you pull it up? Like this is like the last thing we'll do before we end. But there's like the Wikipedia page of Benin bronzes. You're like, okay, so where's the African museum here? And there's not one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. Like, uh, like uh, obviously they're there. No, but... no, look. When you just type in the first thing that comes up is Benin bronzes British Museum. Those things look cool, by the way. Oh, they're amazing. Like that. Like there's no wonder why they want to keep them. <laughs> When you see them up close, just as I didn't appreciate it when I was young, but when you actually, when I saw it when I was older, these things are bloody incredible. Just the craftsmanship and the detail in them is, is amazing. So, boom, here we go. Museum collections of Benin bronzes, right? <laughs> London, Berlin, Oxford, Vienna, Hamburg, Dresden, New York, Philadelphia, Leiden, Leipzig, Cologne, Boston, Zero. But you see, my brother made a very good point. Because I was like, oh my gosh, this is so terrible. Why don't they give them back? But my brother made a very good point. He said, has the Nigerian government ever really bothered about trying to get these bronze statues back? No, they haven't. No. If the governments are not actually forcefully going to try and get these things back, why, why, why should I be jumping up and down? You know, you know what I think that might be? Perhaps. Maybe it's laziness or just like they just don't care. But maybe part of it is maybe people in San Francisco, Dallas, Boston, New York, London, Leipzig, wherever... Maybe they need to see that, like, we're not just monkeys who have no culture. Like, let the people who need to know it, know it. Does that make sense? Maybe they're not thinking about it on that level. But doesn't that, isn't that what it is? What do you mean? That if people just think, oh, Africa has no culture. They were all living in mud huts. They weren't building anything. Then you go to the museum in London and you're like, whoa, like, what are these statues? Where are they from? Oh, Benin, where's that? Nigeria. Or present day Nigeria. Obviously, there is a Benin that exists. Mm. So maybe that could be part of the thinking. Let them see that there actually is stuff here or that we were building. Or we did have some culture before white people. Maybe that's it. If, yeah, we're, yeah, so, so, if so, we're thinking so. 3D, but part of me is just like, mm, and one, they're cool. So you don't want to give it up if you're a museum. And two, how much money would they be asking for to get it back? And maybe Nigeria's like, we're not going to pay you for something that's ours. Like, just <laughs> give it back. And they're like, no, we need money. Oh, no, because I read like, one people say, "Oh, we'll 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 loan it to you. <laughs> <laughs> we will loan you your stuff back." <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll loan you then. Well, Danny, have you ever visited? You get the plan was to go this year, at least in my mind, but you know, COVID kind of ruined that one. 
Actually, so, actually, have you have you actually ever been to the the the, the continent Africa? Not yet, man. No. Man, it's happening. You, it's happening. You, you it's preach happening. all this pro-black stuff. You've never been to. This. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been to Canada? No. So, no. I'm just kidding. I don't preach pro <laughs> hockey. <laughs> Hockey, ho- hockey lives matter. It's not like I've hockey been here my whole matter. life. Like we've moved. It's just we're we're poor, or at least we were. So there was no flight money. Do you know what it was? My dad just all the flight money that I think there could have been, he just sent it back for school fees. So I have so many cousins probably that like went to school based off money that he might have sent or helped, you know, mm. send. So you know, Africans and education is like a big. Deal, oh, I don't so. know. Frost man. Like my, I'm my sure mom was like, he sent. Was like, look, do anything if you mess up. Education was. I'm gonna. Fuck I'm sure you he up, sent so. so much money back that could have been flights to go back, but it's just hey, give it to such and such for school fees or whatever. But yeah, me, I just I want to go just because I want to go. So. Oh no, no, you have to go to the continent, man. Because yeah, trust the, me, see, like the like the the goal was to go at thirty. I was thinking like that's a good age to go, but I'm because, not risking getting sick right yeah, now. Yeah, no, no, so. but I was like, it will because you you think it's all about when you actually go to. A country where everyone is black it do, it will do something to you psychologically i don't know the experience but i just know it's well um this has been the talking tactics podcast we thank you has guys it? for listening remember to follow us wherever you're listening and whether it's itunes you can subscribe spotify you can follow if you're listening on youtube you can subscribe as well remember to hit the like button if you're, yep. if, you're if you're still with us and we will see you guys next week talking tactics podcast sometimes funny sometimes serious always ball of foot football 200 episodes Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.